I am Monica Joy, founder of Assistance of Mind, AIM, a networking space for assistance worldwide, from virtual, executive, administrative, and personal assistance across all industries, sharing experience and building a community for growth and opportunity. Get involved, stay relevant. Get the latest from our hundreds of resources, from blogs, articles, ebooks, our forum, and a trending podcast. Interact with the community and get involved. Thank you for tuning into this podcast and for keeping assistance in mind. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the AIM podcast. I'm your host, Monica Joy, and I have a special guest with me today, Teresa Cyrus, the founder of Track Creations for E. Her services are based on her 4E methodology, which is explore the efficiencies, experiment by investigating solutions, and collaborating with people and resources. Execute by ex- implementing the best action so that you and your business can simplify your digital process and workplace effectively. Okay, Teresa, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you for being on the podcast. So I definitely want the audience to get to know you a little bit better. So my introduction wasn't anything compared to what your background is. I'm not sure I did it justice. So if you want to go ahead and elaborate on that introduction, I'm open to that so we can let everyone know what you're all about. All right. Thank you. I'm Teresa Cyrus and the company is Track Creation for E. A little bit about me is I've been working in the admin role for over like 25 years where I worked very closely with business and um, executive leaders with technology being my strong skill point was always in my um, center stage, right? So I always wanted to bring my computer skills to my day-to-day job. The last six years, I was a IT analyst, trainer, and customer support, where, again, where I worked a lot with um, admins and business um, leaders to kind of help them optimize their businesses, right? So understand what their efficiencies are, and we would develop solutions to actually improve their processes and procedures, So last year, I decided that I wanted to go into training full time and start to teach a lot of the Microsoft products. I was part of the digital shift back in the 80s, and I'm starting to see it again today with everything going to the cloud solution, and I want to learn it. And now this time around, I want to teach it. So that's what the track creation for you is, is really starting to train admins and virtual assistants, business users of all the new technologies that are coming out today. And that's why we're going to kind of talk about is embracing digital transformation to ensure empowerment and career longevity. Yeah, so it's a big shift happening in the world of computers today. I would have to agree with that. Coming from being a virtual assistant myself, my degree was in information technology because I realized that is a core skill set to have because technology is always changing. And a lot of the things that we do, the foundations are based on technology. I definitely want to hone in on that digital transformation and what that means because the audience, this community who follows AIM, Assistance in Mind, they might not necessarily know what that 
is. So could you go ahead and elaborate for us? What is digital transformation? So in simple terms, it's out with the old inefficient technologies and replacing them with better improved systems. So now you're starting to see sophisticated artificial intelligence and automation, right? So today and with the cloud solution, it's really about automating your job, doing more with less with technology. So once again, it's really giving some of those classic legacy applications and tools that we used to work with and starting to improve them. So think about it. It's been since the 80s, over 30 something years that we worked with these legacy tools that they are now starting to get a facelift. So that's what digital transformation is. And companies are really making it part of their strategy. You know, they're really, and with COVID in 2020, a lot of the applications that they were using on in the office on their desktop, they had to really start to get innovative and think about creatively, how are they going to continue to do their jobs outside of the office? And I mean, so a lot of these legacy systems needs to be updated and improved. I totally get what you're saying about legacy systems, but for the audience, could you break down what a legacy system actually is? Because I don't think they've had exposure to this sort of terminology. So think about it. Desktop is on its way to be a legacy where remember way back when we used to insert a disk into our computer and download Microsoft Word or Excel from a disk. So some of those systems are going away, even if you think about purchasing, if you, for different corporations, purchasing may have a application that they use that is strictly on a server in a room somewhere, a database that is strictly for a particular server or desktop. Now, like I said, we're going to the cloud where this information can be available to you from anywhere, any device. We can now use answer to emails from our phones and our tablets. If you look at it this way, think about it. You're graduating from the eight tracks and cassette tapes and going to streaming if you want to do a comparison. Yeah, definitely. I think it's important that we understand those concepts in terms of how we sunset products and what's on the cloud and what's on-prem. Because I know when I was working in an IT organization, all this stuff, I was bombarded with all this stuff and it was so new to me. So I'm sure for our audience, a lot of this is new to them. So what would you say to someone who's maybe a VA up and coming? How would they understand what digital transformation is and how can they really apply it to their field? So when you think about digital transformation, it's really about improving productivity. It's about improving productivity. It's about being animated, automation, process improvement. Once again, I talked about with COVID, it's really having that hybrid work environment where you can work from anywhere, from any device. You could be in an airport or you could be at home. Companies are starting to look at how to reduce their overhead because, again, in some, for some of those systems, they used to have a server in a back room somewhere that was running their computers. We don't know about that, but there's somebody in a back room, like a wizard, keeping everything running. They get to reduce all that overhead. So companies get to work from the cloud. They don't have these servers in a back room that's costing them money as far as with people as well as, as systems. So with virtual assistants, you have to really stay on top of your technology technology today and stand with that trend. I totally agree. That is very accurate. And I also like 
how you did mention a lot of this is going to the cloud, a lot of outsourcing. That's a trend that's going on, especially going through this pandemic. It's a global pandemic and companies have shifted their work philosophies and what in terms of what's the standard when it comes to um, working remotely. And now you see companies who don't know how to implement a back in the office work strategy. So virtual assistants can really capitalize on this opportunity. And I just really want them to understand. I want the community to understand as a whole that even learning Zoom was a learning curve for a lot of people. So for someone who might be a little bit intimidated of learning this new technology, what are some tips that you could tell like an up and coming VA who might be a little bit intimidated by, you know, all this lingo, all this change? So I'm going to answer that, but I also want to give me an opportunity to share this. The different from organizations and from the executives, they're actually talking about this upside down digital hierarchy. So what they're saying is you got a lot of uh, the younger generation coming in and understanding or having access to all these new apps and all these new technology. What they're saying is they don't have the work experience. And on the flip side of it, they're saying you have your older experienced employees, but they don't understand some of this technology. Some of the things that you should do is if you're working for a company or you're working with a client, understand what their digital transformation, the direction that they're going. You want to be resourceful. You want to be able to know a little bit about some of the applications and some of the technology that's out there. So if you see an opportunity that you can be resourceful, network with people. So if you're seeing that, you know, you got to, they're saying that the younger generation is more tech savvy, work together, you know, make sure that you're networking, take advantage of a lot of the free training material that is out there on YouTube and all the different platforms, you know, maybe even take a paid training course. So you got to really stay on top of your technology. I want to read something here that I looked at on what are some of the major qualities of a good VA and an admin professionals, the first thing they had on their list was technology. So not only on with technology, you need to anticipate their needs. And when I was reading that, I was thinking, you need to be able to anticipate their needs also with technology. So that's really important, being detail-oriented, resourceful, make sure that you can offer them because they don't always know when you're working with a client. They don't always know what this technology is. And sometimes they lean to their professional admins and VA community to provide them with that information. You don't have to be an expert in everything, but at least know what's out there and what's available to you. Right. I totally agree. I work for a nonprofit and I worked right under the CIO. I was his executive assistant. And I'm thinking this person's on top of it. They know their technology. And I was so surprised how much they depended on me to filter out, like, try this system. How user-friendly is it? Like, I want a perspective. And I was like, well, isn't this something you should know? They depend yeah. on VAs to really, really make the cut when it comes to technology because it's such a driving force behind everything we do, if you think about it. One example that one of the VAs, and I'm sure they'll be happy I'm actually using this as an example. So if you're listening, <laughs> perk up your ears. But they had a client wanted text messages sent to their phone based on their calendar alerts and their meetings. 
they were like, I have no clue how to do this. And then I had to offer some examples, some paid solutions and then free solutions. Right. And I said, do your research, do your due diligence, come back to me. I'm here to help. But it's kind of like, you got to get out of your comfort zone. You got to explore yourself. So when you talk about your four E's for all of that, I'm just like, this encompasses everything that I've been trying to share with the community. So what are your thoughts on that? So I want to give you an example, and I do want to talk about the four E's. When I was at my last employer, we rolled out SharePoint to all, to the business company of 3000, um, US and Canada. And we rolled out SharePoint and clueless. Everybody knew nothing about SharePoint. And we had some admins who embraced it. And we have some admins said, hey, I'm only doing this because my job depends on it. But the admins and that actually embraced it, went through the training, was challenged. Their department relied on them to bring the efficiencies to that team. So what would happen is they would come up with, hey, I want something. This is the end solution. I want to be you know, efficient in this area. We need to improve this process. They would take that information and then they would come to our team, IT team, and would say, what can I do? How can I utilize SharePoint to help me simplify my day-to-day operation? And, and like I said, there were some admins who embraced it and ran with it within a two-year period that they became very, I always called them my SharePoint stars. And then there were some who just never just kept, you know, I kept thinking about a dog chasing his tail and they kept chasing his tail. And there and you saw that their department didn't progress because they didn't utilize the tool to make their job easier. Right. And that's what digital transformation is all about, is using tools to simplify your job. I was selfish a lot of times that, hey, I don't want to take 10 steps to do it in two. And I can get an application that can do it in two. That's where my passion came from. But when you talked about the four E's, you're absolutely right. If you got to learn how to identify opportunities, digital opportunities. Hey, I see this process that it's taking 10 steps to do. How can I simplify that? And I always say, are you a complainer or are you a doer? So are you the person that's always complaining? I hate to do this task. I hate doing this task. Or are you going to do something about it to simplify it? And so it's not a burden to you every month when you got to complete that task. That's when you want to explore. When you experiment, you're actually starting to reach out you're going to YouTube, you're going out to the internet, you're looking for solutions. You're maybe going to work with someone like you that who may have some experience in networking with people to say, hey, have you come across this issue and what did you do about it? And it's all about executing so you can be effective at the end of the day. So that was one of my favorite things is always explore, experiment, and execute effectively. And as soon as I started my business, I knew that I wanted that to be my tagline for sure. Because I practice it every day and you don't even realize that you're doing it. Right. That's a great tagline. And I honed in on experimenting. Like... This is very important. I say trial and error. You have to do that and try new things. Even if you're doing it on your own time for your own business. I tell a lot of 
Yes. I tell the VAs, try to explore things and experiment with your own business. So then that can empower you to make recommendations on the various tools that are out there, just in case a client comes to you for a recommendation. Or if you're in the hiring or the interviewing process, a lot of clients, in my experience, they ask, what tools do you use? And they're expecting you to list off some tools because it's kind of like a catch-22 question. It's like, They're trying to see what you know, how robust your knowledge is, even if you don't know the tool like the back of your hand, but they want to know what you know. And I take my Fridays, even I do this in my own business. I did it when I was in the corporate world. I take that Friday and I reserve 90 minutes to two hours just to learn. And one of the things I used to do with the networking, I connected with a senior analyst. And on Fridays, I was like, let me take you to lunch. My treat. I said, but you got to give me 15 minutes to talk business <laughs> and then the rest of it's going to be personal. But you know, I lock in 15 minutes and I will latch on to that senior analyst and learn from them because once again, I always say that I'm putting technology and knowledge in my back pocket. So when I need it, I got it. My message would be to your community is take a day, whatever day that is for you and set aside time just to go out and explore technologies are out there, not to just really be an expert, but to at least know what it can do. So if you're working with the clients, because it's digital transformation, one of the benefits for companies, it's about having that competitive edge. And this community, you now have to put on that, have that mindset. You are a business supporter and you are a business owner as well. So I love have, that. I love that. So you're a business supporter and a business owner. So you got to have that competitive edge as well. What's going to make you stand out within your industry? I'm just sharing like right now and I focus on Microsoft products that I was just floored with some of the stats. I'm going to just share some of those stats with you. And I know that a lot of people use either Microsoft products because it's been around a lot of corporations, but a lot of individuals and some small companies use the Google suite. And so putting on my little nerd hat, Microsoft Teams in March, 2020 had 30 million daily active users compared to Google Suite having 6 million daily users. One month later, because after COVID hit, they went from 30 to 75 million daily users. 15 months later, they're now 145 million daily users. So the reason why I'm sharing this is because you got a lot of new businesses and new users who's learning Microsoft that don't know that what's all available to them. They don't know all the efficiencies that are available to you. One, that's one reason why I um, started Track Creation 4E, because there is going to be that upsurge, you know, that learning curve. And for all these VAs in your community, they should get ahead of that curve as well so they can be resourceful and be in front of their competitive edge. So I thought that was really interesting. There are a couple other numbers that I I had captured. Just in 2021 alone, there's 32.5 million small businesses in the U.S. And the top states, there's 4 million small businesses in California alone, 2 million for Florida, Texas, and New York. And there's 
six million registered small businesses in the UK. So there's a lot of work out there for this community. And um, like I said, get out of your comfort zone and really kind of tap into some of some of these technologies and take these companies. You want to grow and you want to sit back and watch and be part of somebody else's growth. And I must admit, I was avid. In the corporate world, it was Microsoft Office 100. Once I started my business, I noticed it was Google Docs. And then as I began to scale my business and find success with more higher clientele, higher paying clientele, it was back to Microsoft products. And I found myself downloading Microsoft Office again, and I had to purchase it because I said, I have to accommodate the clients and they're using right. Microsoft. So from that standpoint, when you put those numbers out there, I was like, that is so true because I yeah. went to Microsoft to Google Docs. Now I'm back to Microsoft and I work out of the two and I accommodate the client. But a lot of the high ticket clients, they're still in that corporate mindset and that corporate mindset is Microsoft Office and think about it, Microsoft been around since the 80s. That Microsoft Word, Excel, and PowerPoint, they've been around for so long. Once again, they getting an upgrade with the cloud services. And like I said, I got excited when I saw what was new and different just in Outlook and Word and PowerPoint. I stopped working from the desktop and started just working in the cloud because things were new and different and refreshed and easier And so I got excited again about technology, but I wanted to go back and say Google came in, probably been around like maybe the last 15 years. And I'm starting to see like Microsoft has their business and enterprise packages. Google is now starting to do that too. So it's just going to be a matter of time. And I also noticed their subscription fees are the same, you know, they're about the same. So they're trying to catch up to Microsoft when it comes to what they called, um, I think it's called Google Workspace. I think they changed it to Google Workspace now. And whereas Microsoft, Google was always the leading search engine. Microsoft is trying to catch up with Bing, trying to catch up to Google, and Google is trying to catch up with them with their workspace. So it's going to be interesting what's going to happen between the two and over the next five, 10 years. A couple of things I wanted to mention, we were talking about technology. What technology should your community make sure they are a little bit flexible and versatile with? We just talked about Microsoft and Google Workspace. That's the basic email, PowerPoint, and spreadsheet. You know, what's new now is you got to make sure you know the different meeting and video conferencing tools. So there's Zoom. You had to coach me a little bit today on Zoom. You know, I know Microsoft Teams, and I don't even know if there's other products out there, but right now I know Microsoft Teams and Zoom, and I'm not sure what Google use. They use Google Meet. So they used to have Hangouts, and they kind of retired that, and they're pushing more towards Google Meet. But I was on a meeting with a client, actually, and they use Teams, and... I was impressed. It was just so straightforward to use. The only reason I know Zoom is because my last employer, they use Zoom. So then the transition between COVID, because everyone started using Zoom, that was easy for me. But right before COVID hit and right before I started my business, we were transitioning to Microsoft Teams. 
Mm-hmm. And it was just so seamless in terms of the communication, the chatting. And this is at a university where they even rolled it out to their students because the mm-hmm. biggest thing about Google was it was on the cloud. And then now that Microsoft is available on the cloud, now I grew up using Microsoft. So I would revert back because the only thing I didn't like about it was every time I got a new computer, I would have to transfer files and all that. But now it's just everything's on the cloud and that's where it needs to be. So so I'm loving it. Yeah, I still have some things on the cloud just because I know that as my small business, I have a one terabyte of storage, but I still have external drive. So I didn't put that down, but I'm a real big advocate about having, I use Toshiba external drive. I have on a personal level and a professional level, all my files is on an external drive. It's not on my desktops. It's not on the cloud. When I'll move things on the cloud if I need to, because I have like three different computers and if I need to work from it. But once it's done and final, I move it to my external drive. That's something as a piece of hardware for this community to know to use a Toshiba. You can get them at a one terabyte or three terabytes. And their cost is between 70 and 120 bucks. I encourage everyone to get one. I've been using them for about 10 to 15 years. That's one. The other one is know about storage apps. So you got your Dropbox and OneDrive, which is a Microsoft Google Drive. And then, like I said, they have the Dropbox. And this is just a way that if you need to transfer files between you and another client or another company, that you can use a Dropbox to be able to do that. So Something else that they should be familiar with, basic website management. That's huge today. That's a big one for the community. We have to stay on this topic for a while. That's a big one. I'm actually having to learn that myself. Like I've always, working in the corporate world, I managed our websites, external and internal. I used to have to be responsible for our investor relations website. So I knew some HTML coding, very little, just enough to get by. And then I had to create my own website for my company now. I can see a lot of small companies and these business owners who are not tech savvy would love to be able to offload that to someone else. So if you have some experience and been able to just even upload the images or upload their blog posts to their site that I could see them offloading that type of um, service to, um, to your group, to your community. I think with a lot of VAs starting their own business, it's been a skill set that they've had to learn on the fly. And that's not the most efficient way to do it. But once you do it for yourself, you can kind of figure out what the inefficiencies were and help better that process with a client. And once you do it once, you've gained a skill set. You have something that you can put on another bullet point on your resume. That's what I always say. And one thing that I love about creating your own website is that you can bring a piece of your personality, your creativity to it. And that helps bridge the gap with the technical pieces that may be part of that. But for some reason, building a website a lot of the people in the community, the AIM community, don't look at as a technical skill set. But tell us why it is. I don't know how to really answer that, but it's still part of your technical skills. I kind of go back in my investor relation days that you're actually going out. During that time, it's a lot of basic coding. 
And you don't have to do that today, which is so much easier. It's now is what you see is what you get. And it's really an admin role anymore to upload to social media platforms. So not just necessarily to a website management, but even social media. Think of it in, in that sense that, you know, with the HR groups and these talent agencies, they are uploading information to social media platforms, and that includes your website. So it's really more just administrative support role or servicing role, not necessarily digital anymore because it's what you see. It's not actual main coding anymore. So I think that it has been simplified from, you know, even 10 years ago. It's made it a little bit easier. I agree. A lot of it is drag and drop. And I think from... A creative standpoint, it gives you room and flexibility to really hone in on what your strong suit is when it comes to building a website, putting together the content, even if you're not writing the content, but really getting your brand across and really putting that first impression out there. Because I know when I saw your website, I was like, this is a great website to show as an example. So tell us a little bit more about, you know, the kind of tools you use for your website. And um, what was your thought process when you were building your website? Because that insight might help the community in terms of how to position themselves. When I did my website, it's messaging, number one. It's really, what do you want to come across I actually had to work with, and I think you've done as well, with content writers. So know your strengths and weaknesses, and that's not one of my strengths. And because you have to, for your website, you have to write with SEO in mind. And so you're picked up through all the search engines. So working with the right content writer to help with that. But I knew that my personality is really upbeat. I wanted to make sure I came across that way versus, you know, you got to watch your personality sometimes when you're in a corporate world and then on your own. But I just knew that I wanted some of my personality to come out. I knew what messaging I wanted to come across. And then really trying to simplify the images and stuff. I remember working in the corporate communication group. I sometimes put too much out there. They would always tell me, bring some of that information back. you like, you don't need to put everything out there. And the other thing is you don't want to put everything out there because you want them to be able to clients to call you. You want to put enough out there to intrigue their minds so they can pick up the phone and call you and say, hey, we want to learn more about your services. But as far as tool goes, I used WordPress. I would type up all my content beforehand in a standard Word document before I upload it. I actually watched YouTube videos on how to create my actually my website. So some of them are really simple and they kind of guide you with the different templates. You choose a template and you then you just kind of fill it in, which is really nice. So um, I know a lot of us, that brings us back to the digital transformation. So you went from coding to now it's drag and drop. What you see is what you get. Once again, improvement. I'm glad that you caught that. I didn't realize, I didn't um, hone in on to that, but absolutely is we had to know a little bit of basic coding and now is just drop and drag. And I know when we were talking about the website management, it's really more so with this community, if you're able to create a website, great, have at it, but be ready to be able to maintain an existing website. 
that's the what I really wanted them to take away is make sure you're able to know enough to get in there and maintain an existing website or upload their blog post um, for them. You're going to get this information from a Word document and you're going to copy and paste it into their system. So I was more so thinking of that since versus necessarily creating. If you can create a website, that is even better. And whatever skills you can bring to the table, because like I said, this is something that a VA can to the resume and offer as a service for their clients. Absolutely. The other thing that I want to make sure they know about is images and photos. So there's a bunch of free sites out there that you can have professional images that they can upload on their website or use for digital marketing, but unsplash.com, Pixabay, and Pixels are free sites that give you beautiful, wonderful pictures that people that are really using today. One of the things that I like about each of these sites is they actually tell you how many downloads, how many people viewed it, how many people have downloaded when was it uploaded? Because that sometimes I come across images that might have been created back in 2015 or 2017. They've been heavily used or they don't have the freshness of modern technology or modern images today. So those are great sites compared to paid photos. And that's like I stock in dreams time, right? So you're going to really pay. At one point, they were the only ones around if you needed images. And um, and I remember when I worked in the corporate communications, I really dived into what each of those licensings looked like and how you can use them. And sometimes you may have to specify the artist's name. You don't have to worry about none of that with these sites that I mentioned. So that's good. I love it. Thank you. I'm taking notes here. I consider myself somewhat of an expert in the VA field, but I'm taking notes, Teresa. So thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, I want to get to the grand question of the day. And this is something that I think I just want to make sure that we carve out time for because a lot of VAs don't understand the impact that digital transformation can have on them personally, professionally, they don't understand. So could you tell us a little bit more about that? Because I think this is important. I think one of the big takeaways in this episode is definitely going to be what that impact is. It's really coming back to the value of digital transformation and their strategies. Think about, we talked about throughout this whole segment a little bit, it's about improving efficiencies and working relationships. It's all about that working relationship between the customers and with your employees. And that's what companies are looking and thinking about. Think about servicing improvement. Your mindset, like I talked about, you are a business supporter, you are a business owner, that you have to think about improving services because you want to satisfy your clients as well as retain them. And when a client hires you for your services, because it's about them satisfying and retaining their customers as well. Think about that. We talked about gaining competitive edge. What's going to make you stand out? Once again, this is coming from the client who hires you and you as that business owner. Streamlining processes and workflows, reducing cost. We also talked about digital hierarchy, making sure that you stand on top of the industry trends. 
when it comes to computer, you know, having that been computer savvy, coming out of your comfort zone. This is huge. It's easy. You kind of virtual assistants kind of control what services that they're offering. So, hey, I'm successful. I'm offering these core services because I know that these are my strong points and I'm going to stay within this little box. Expand that because the more that you expand your knowledge when it comes to computer, you're going to keep yourself working. You're going to keep yourself challenged. And the more you are challenged, the more rewarding it is at the end of the day for you as a virtual assistant. And it's one thing that I definitely want to mention when it comes to that comfort zone is I think a lot of it can be based on fear, fear of failing. And I know in my personal experience, I was just scared to try new things sometimes, even if it wasn't necessarily technology, even if it was something like graphic design or social media. I was like, keep me away from that. That's not my specialty. But then Uh once you add that skill set to your resume, you open up additional doors. And that's what I try to let the community know is that try it with your own business. You don't have to advertise anything. Get comfortable with it. And you mentioned training, YouTube videos. There's so many resources out there and there's so many ways that you can self-learn or even go to a professional like you and get a training course and really target what you're trying to learn. So I know you do offer training. Could you tell us a little bit about what that training is and like, how can it benefit a virtual assistant? Because I know you offer an array of things and that's what I admire about you. And that's why I said, you're going to bring value to the community because there's untapped resources out there that you offer that people don't know about. Yeah, so visit my website, Track Creation for E, and I had one on the top menu, you'll see the vault. The vault is really having a lot of information. Like I said, I went back to the basics to Outlook. There's so many new tools and efficiencies that's coming with the Microsoft products that people that taking advantage of not realizing that there's new technology out there to make your job easy. So take a look there. A lot of Microsoft training material out there. I am actually working on a book that's going to probably be ready to be on the shelves by the end of the year. That's really going to talk about the 4E methodology that explore, experiment, and execute effectively. I tell people all the time, you actually do this in your day-to-day life and don't realize it. And once you're able to realize opportunities to improve a process and be resourceful, that's how strong you're going to be to your network in servicing your clients. You all heard it. Go to Teresa's website, go to the vault, check it out. I highly recommend it, even if it's for your own personal development, because that is key. So think selfishly sometimes. Think about yourself. Don't just always put yourself in a client's shoes. Think about yourself. What are the personal skill sets that you can bring to the table? Because what I tell people, the things that you do, the websites you build, the social media profiles you build, that is proof in the pudding. Isn't it having all of this? It's like your online portfolio in a sense. I remember when I was in the corporate world and every year we had to come up with our objectives for the year, our goals for the year. I mean, I was with the last company over 24 years. And so every year we had to do these objectives. It was a real big orchestra process. If we had to come up with four objectives, I had five. 
I always had five. You know, I always wanted to take initiative. I always wanted to, like I said, selfishly. I didn't like doing a particular process or procedure. It took me 10 steps to do it. And I start to think outside of the box. How can I do this in five? What groups and what teams do I need to work with and kind of understand their processes on how we can simplify it for all? Think about if you're complaining about a particular process, think about how you're going to improve it. I think you had said something too. We were talking about one day that comfort zone and we talked about being an order taker or an innovator. I thought that was huge. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? (laughs) Yeah, definitely. A lot of the times being stuck in your own comfort zone as a VA, you take on a client and because you're trying to impress them, you're trying to do a good job. And I'm talking from a VA stamp. I've lived it. You're trying to impress a new client. You're trying to say, keep me, hire me. I'm the one you should go with because there's so many other options out there. And so you've become this person who's just doing what the client says because you're really trying to impress them and show them that you can do the work. But then at the same time, that puts you in, you're wearing the hat of the order taker. And so you're not necessarily bringing them added value, which is what a lot of clients are looking for. And they might not be able to articulate that because they don't even know they're looking for it. Nope. You're absolutely right. They don't know the solution. They, all they know is this is what I want. The bottom line is this is the outcome that I want. I'm going to rely on you on providing me the right resources, the right tools to get the job done at the end of the day. A lot of admins and VAs don't realize that they add that type of value and they should be proud of when they able to provide that type of value to a company. Like I said, the last company I worked for and I recognize a Shepherd star at the first time when I start working with them. If they come in and they got a pencil and a pad and they taking notes I knew right there, I got an upcoming star. And they would challenge you, well, can I do this? Can I do that? Can I do this? They start to ask the right questions. And that's what it's about is get proper training so you can start asking the right question. Because you're not going to be an expert at the beginning. Take that basic training and then start asking the questions as your clients starting to have, want to improve processes or having particular outcome that they want. You now can be able to say, "Up, oh, you know what? I think I might have something for you. Let me go research it. Let me get back to you. And that's okay to do that. It's okay to say, let me research that and come back to you. I love that point. I do love that point. And I think speaking from a VA standpoint, sometimes there's a balance where you're trying to give the client what they want. They gave you a list of tasks. You want to do them. You want to execute them. But then at the same time, if you see something and you don't necessarily have the answer to it, it's okay to say, I can get back to you. It's okay not to have the answer. It's better to not have the answer than give a wrong answer. Then you're like, then you got to backpedal and say, well, I would even have an idea. And I say, you know, I can do this and I can do this. And because the technology was sometimes over their heads, they were like, oh, T, don't waste your time on that. But it's going to save us time. It's going to save us time. I would do it anyway and then go to them and say, look what I've done. And it's going to save this amount of time. And they was like, oh, wow, this is wonderful. We need to show this to others. So don't be afraid, as you talked about earlier, don't be afraid to take initiative. Some you win, some you may not, but that's okay. 
But sometimes trying to talk them through it and walking them through it and trying to get them on board, sometimes that just doesn't work. And I will believe in it. If you believe in it, do it. Do it and then show them and then you're going to win them over. I agree. Sometimes it's just about taking that initiative and you really have to have the confidence in yourself. As a VA, you have to have that confidence in yourself to know that not only are you capable of bringing new ideas to the table, but you can also sit at that table, contribute value to the conversation and you never know what the outcome is going to be. The worst thing, and I always say this, the worst thing anyone could ever say is no. Or, you know, in a passive way, when they shoot it down and then when they come back to you later and say, hey, T, remember that idea you had? <laughs> and, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's the difference between being an order taker and an innovator. It's just, just a little bit of initiative, a little bit of effort. And what I like to say to the community is when you take on a client, you Think of their business as your business. It's an extension of your business. You don't know how many other clients I have gotten based on word of mouth because someone said, this VA is good. You, you got to talk to her because I know what you need and she's it. And that's how I've gotten a lot of other clients. And that's how I was able to scale my business. And now I work with other VAs and they're helping me with my clients. And depending on what your goals are, as a VA, the door is wide open. Like you said, there's 4 million businesses. Yeah. When you said that, I was like, that's a lot of opportunity. Yeah. That's a lot of opportunity yeah. right there. And anymore, because of the pandemic in 2020, companies don't have to stay within their region to hire the best anymore. So now you're on a bigger playing field because wow, this person is great. Okay, they're on the East Coast, but my business is on the West Coast. We can now work virtually and have these meetings and conferences that now I'm able to hire the best of the best, not necessarily the best within my region. So for this community, keep that in mind that it's hiring the best of the best and you have to come with your A game and technology is part of that. I learned that early on and that's what I want everyone to understand that if you have a certain level of technology under your belt, then you're really setting yourself for unlimited potential. You have a boss that's like, okay, I just got this new phone. Do what you need to do. So I've experienced that so many times. And when you think about it, that happens all the time, every single day. And that's technology. The things that we do that we don't realize are technology or touch technology, we do it every day. So why not take that extra initiative and learn a little bit more about it? Experiment. I can tell you right now, I have three wonderful grandsons, seven, four, and two. And to sit and watch this four-year-old and the seven-year-old take a tablet and play these little games. You know, we make sure we put educational games on there for them. They can come in here and run my computer and these little tablets better than some of these, you know, folks out here in the work world. So like I said, I saw where one gentleman said that it's an upside down hierarchy because the younger generation is more tech savvy. They're starting to have this modern technology mindset. And so the seniors, the folks that's been around for a very long time, they're going to have to change their mindset as well. They're going to have to change their mindset around this modern technology and, and start 
start learning. Take that two hours out of your day on a Friday. Take an hour at lunch, you know, in your lunch hour and learn a new technology. At least what it can do and just in case if their client has a need. I agree because a lot of the times you're introduced into a technology because this client uses a certain platform. But if you know enough about that specific technology and competitors, that's where the innovation comes in. That's where you can say, you're trying to accomplish this, but this tool doesn't do that. I can recommend this because this is what you're really trying to accomplish. And a lot of small business owners are so inefficient. I've seen that. There's so many inefficiencies out there. So they're not only, I mean, they're kind of looking for an efficiency expert in a way because for them, time is money. So if you can save them time, you're saving them money and that's what they pay you to do. They're outsourcing and getting rid of all that overhead because it's all about that bottom line. I actually, for me personally, with Microsoft products, the Power Automate is a new tool that's it's probably been out for like the last five years and I'm in a steady evolving day by day. But what it is, it's almost like an Excel platform that allows you to automate processes and flows I cannot wait to where I can just put all my energy and time in learning that technology because for me, it's all about automation. Another tool that is becoming popular well as well is these virtual help desks, these bot systems. And where I used to work with customer support, so I have a lot of data there that I can really drive and have a bot system work for a particular company. I can't wait to tap into some of those technologies as well. But they've been out there for like maybe the last five years. They're evolving. In the next five to 10 years, they're going to be huge. So take the advantage now to learn some of those technologies. And I even say that around Microsoft 2016 and Microsoft 2019, their desktop is no longer going to be supported in 2025, which is only three years away. I'm curious what it's going to be replaced with, but be ready. And it's all going to be all cloud solutions, but just be ready. So why do you say that? So elaborate on that, because that's interesting. Okay, so I have no support information saying this is true. I got to say that first, because talking about Microsoft, a big I truly feel that come their product 2016 and product 2019, their desktop will no longer be serviced. They service them for so long. I truly think that with everything that they're doing and how they're trying to evolve their cloud solutions, they got three years to get it done. Because come 2025, think about it. They're having to maintain their desktop systems as well as their cloud solutions. So there's probably two teams here. Then you got a desktop to support this over here. And then you got a team over here that's, you know, supporting this and involving some of their systems. One of them got to go. Because <laughs> I can tell you right now, as a user, trying to go back and forth between the two, I want to just do one system and one system only. There's some missing features in the cloud that I rely on from desktop, but sometimes with desktop, with Word and Outlook, there's too many features that we don't even use or never use. Maybe there's a handful of people might use them, but I do believe that come 2025, there will not be any more of these desktops like we use it today. I do know they wrote out Office 2021, but 
Once again, it is a standalone system. What you see is what you get. You don't get no updates. You don't get anything new. What it is, is what you have. And really believe come 2025. And that's why I said, hey, focus on the training, just strictly on SharePoint, because that's what I've been doing for the last six years. I'm going back to the basic. I'm going back to Outlook. I'm going back to Word and PowerPoint, because I think that um, there's a lot of new efficiencies that people are not utilizing. I agree. And like I said, I had to go back. I went back. So I went through the cycle and I saw that's okay. It's progressively changing and you have to just stay on top of it. And as a VA, I always say, you know, the learning never stops, no matter what aspect that is. The learning never stops. No matter if you think you're an expert, there's always someone around the corner to show you and put you in your place. So you got to stay on top of your game. I'm looking at the clock. I know we're about an hour or so in already, but There's one thing that I wanted to mention. So, you know, I always say explore, experiment, and execute effectively. I also like to say it's a cycle. It's a learning cycle. You learn it, you execute it, you perfect it, you share it with others. And I want to say share with others. Don't ever think this job security, if you withholding information from other people, because you're dead wrong about that. So share it with others, offload it on someone else, So you can go back to the top and start learning again and start that cycle again. So I always say, learn it, execute it, perfect it, share it, offload it, and start again. That's one way to be successful. And I think it's going to be beneficial because even with technology, there's that iterative process and you have to go through the cycle And you have to experience that more than just one time. And that's how you become efficient at things. That's how you become an expert. That's how you can make statements. For based on my understanding, I think the trends are going this way. And people put value in that because you've been there. You've done that. You've experienced it. And you have the years under your belt to say, I've been in this industry for X amount of years. And I've seen the trends. I've gone through the trends. I've gone through the cycles. And now here we are back again. And I always relate that to like in the 70s when bell bottoms were in style and then they went out of style and now they're back in style and I'm seeing bell bottoms everywhere. And it's just like, I'm over it. I was over it then and I'm over it now. <laughs> Love it. Okay. So um, I didn't do them now. <laughs> So what are some takeaways for the audience? Takeaways. So the main takeaway is obviously stay on top of your technical skills. There's a shift happening right now with technology and go with the flow. If you don't go with the flow, you're going to get left behind. And with a technology shift, it takes time. Like it doesn't happen overnight. And what you don't want to do is you want to be in the flow of that shift and don't get caught behind it because the younger generation is going to come in and going to bypass you. So that's the main takeaway is keep technology in the forefront. You're as a virtual assistant and even admin professionals, you're good at what you do. You're best at organizing. You're best at your time management. You're best in being detail oriented. Make sure that your technology skills is just as strong. And just like I said, you are a business supporter and you are a business owner. So you have to think 
the way they think. You're going to have to change your mindset along with the people that pay your bills at the end of the day, the people that you are working with, not working for, but working with. I agree. This conversation has been so insightful. And I know for the audience, it's going to be insightful because I don't think people realize just the role technology plays in general. And I'm glad you brought some attention to that, especially when it comes into the VA world, because we can get tunnel vision at times and think, I have a skill set. This is my skill set. This is what I offer. And then you're limiting yourself. You're limiting your clientele. Technology. That's the name of this segment. Embrace digital transformation. Embrace it. If you embrace it and you go with the flow, you will go far. You will have longevity. You will have that empowerment and that longevity. That's what this is all about is embrace digital transformation for empowerment and career longevity. I love it. I know the audience is going to appreciate this, definitely. And I know we've been talking a lot, and this is just me and my personality quartz. I know we've been talking a lot, you know, about professional endeavors and things like that. But, you know, I want the audience to know you a little bit more about you. So I know I asked you a couple of questions, but what's something that we can know about you? What's a takeaway for Teresa? It'll help tie this whole conversation together. And I love it. I just want to put a bow on everything. Hey, wow. What is it I want you to know about me? How about if I share, talk about two people that influenced me? Love it. Yes. Yes. So one of them is my grandfather. His name is William Roscoe. He passed away when I was 23 in 1988. However, I still talk about him, you know, still this to this day. He was a janitor and he had a bunch of keys on his hip on his belt. And as a little girl, when we were, you know, the grandkids were real little, we used to always tug at his keys and we would say, you know, granddaddy, why you have all those keys? And he would share with us that his keys represented his, really his success, that people valued his quality of work. And you have to remember this was back in the seventies. So he was responsible for multiple buildings in the you know, our downtown and he had all these keys to go in and clean their offices. And it was about integrity. It was about his pride. And it didn't matter that he was a janitor. He was proud of who he was. And those keys represented his success. So that's, I always think about my granddaddy and his keys. I don't have a bunch of keys like what he had to kind of show off his success. But I always think about it doesn't matter what position that you're in and working in the corporate world, you're always around business leaders and executives. You could get intimidated and lose track of who you are. Be proud of what you bring to the table. And that's what we talked about is being proud of what you bring to the table. And it doesn't matter what role you're in. The other one is my buddy, Ron Hornack, who is my mentor. He used to be my leader at the company I used to work at, um, he was one of my leaders and we just worked well, very well together. And I still go to him to this day and just get guidance from my personal, spiritual and professional life. So I can go to him and I, I remember one time I said something, I said, but I believe. And he said, well, I can believe I can fly. And he said, so prove it. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> you got to get that mentor 
that is very unbiased and we sit and we laugh, he ends up telling me story to make you think about, you know, your direction and where you're going. And like I said, in my personal life, in my spiritual life, as well as in my professional life. And like I said, he and I work together and I never let go of him. I call him regularly. When you get a hold of somebody like that, make sure you keep them in part of your life. So yeah, two people that influence me. He would say to me, yeah, I know how to do that. Hey T, hey T, that's what he used to always say. Yeah, yeah, I, I got that. I know how to, and he believed in me and he knew what I could do when it comes to computers. If he would come in and he'd say, what do you think about? When he would say to me, what do you think about? I knew that this was going to be a big project. And he knew what he wanted as his outcome. And he left it up to me to get him to that outcome. He trusted me to get him to that outcome. He trusted that I would network with the right people to make sure I get to that outcome. So yeah, get you a great mentor. Wonderful. That's a great piece of advice to end this conversation. That's amazing. And I echo that all the way. Get you a mentor. If you need a technology mentor, I'm volunteering, Teresa. (laughs) (laughs) Where can we find you online? Tell us your website one more time. It is Track Creations 4E. And it's actually T-R-A-C, no K, T-R-A-C, Creations with an S, 4E.com. So that's how you can find me. My husband and I, were both creative. So we threw my first initial and his initials. That's how we came up with track. I love it. Oh, <laughs> there you go. There you go. My initials and his initials, track. And then we came up with creations. That's how we came up with our name. <laughs> and I knew that I wanted to represent that 4E. The creativity is there. The technology is there. We love it. Oh, so thank you. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for exposing this conversation. I mean, all of this is just, it's going to be news to a lot of people's ears. And I want to thank you. And I appreciate you exposing this community to how, how important technology is and how we need to embrace that digital transformation. So, yeah. So until next time, uh, Teresa, Thank you again for the conversation and everyone out there who's listened to the podcast. Thank you for joining the AIM community and being part of something that is going to be very special to everyone. Take the time to experiment, take the time to evolve your skill set. And until next time, everyone, this has been Monica Joy. Thank you very much. 